We are in our final week of detox. Everybody say detox. Detox. We've been talking about detox. Detox means this. Let me define it for you real quick. Detox means the removal of toxic substances from a living organism. Now, for those of you that are visiting, we are coming off. Today is our day to eat whatever we want again because we've been doing our 21 days of prayer and fasting. We had, fa- we had prayer at our offices six days a week, and then we fasted for 21 days. Um, and so we just ate nothing but fruits, vegetables, and water. And those of you that cheated, it's okay. God's grace is upon your life. It's all good. Um, just start again today because you don't get to start today with us because you, I'm just kidding, but, but God's grace is on that. But, but it's been, it's been an amazing fast. It's been, it's been really cool. I've been, it's been cool to see God move in people's lives. Um, we've had just crazy, uh, testimonies of, of prayer and, and what, what that's done to people's lives. And, and just, it's been awesome, man. It really has. And, um, and you know, part of, of detoxing, eating like that, because most of us are our standard American diet, right? Our sad diet, we eat like not very good most of the days, right? And so, so when you change your diet that drastically, something happens in your body. Amen. How many can relate? I said, my first day, I thought I was going to die. I had a headache like I never had in my life. I was nauseated. I went to bed like six o'clock. I was like, I am done. I just can't do this anymore. And if this is the way 21 days are going to be, I'm in trouble. I'm just not going to lie to you. I need coffee stat. But I, I stayed strong. And uh, it, I, I, I was able to work through it. And I didn't have another headache the rest of the time. But I'm t- my body detoxed. And it detoxed very quickly, which I was very shocked about. But, but detox is the removal of toxic substances from a living world. I had toxic substances in me and, and had to get them removed. And, and more importantly, this series and this fast hasn't been about us, our body physically per se, as much as it has been about our spirit and our soul detox. How do we detox our souls? How do we detox our spirit? In the first week we talked about that. But here's the thing I know about detox. Detox isn't a place that you live, right? You don't live in detox. At some point you have to come out of detox. At some point you have to live your life. I cannot go around eating rice and vegetables the rest of my life just because that would be a miserable existence. Let's be honest. I like to eat. Look at me. I mean, come on. It's pretty obvious. And I like cheeseburgers. I like fries. I, li- I like those things, right? And, and so, so I don't need too much of those, but, but some of them are good. I don't exactly know how to moderate yet. I'm still in process. Um, but, but, but you can't live in detox. At some point, you have to come off of detox, and you have to learn how to live. And, and so what I want to talk to you about is a very practical step of how we can, we can come off of detox but still live in that presence, how we, how we can still have those things experienced. Because let's be honest with you, some of you removed some things from your life during these last 21 days that you never need to put back in your life again. You just need to keep them there. You need to keep them where they were. And, you need to, and some of you have adapted some things in your life that you definitely obviously need to, need to continue to put into your life every single day. Because detoxing was a season. So, so here's the thing. How do we come off of a detox and continue to keep our souls and our spirits healthy? Because that's what everybody wants to know really at the end of the day. And I think, I think we can find a clue, a clue in the verse in First Thurs- Th- yeah, Thessalonians, Thessalonians 5.23. It says, may the God of peace himself make you entirely pure and devoted to God. And may your spirit and soul and body, right? We're threefold beings. We're we're triune beings, spirit, soul, and body. That's what we've talked about. Be kept strong and blameless until that day when our Lord Jesus Christ comes back again. I want to focus on that word right after body be. The word is kept. 
May your body be kept strong and blameless until the day when our Lord Jesus comes back again. See, see, how do you keep yourself, your soul, your spirit, your body healthy? What do we do with that? How do we do that on a daily, regular basis? And here's the thing. Um, anybody know John Maxwell? He's a big leadership guy. Um, wrote, writes a lot of books, videos, those kind of things. Love the guy. Very, very great stuff. He's done, a, he's done probably the most for leadership in this country as any other person that I know. If you don't know who he is, go pick up one of his books. It doesn't matter. Pick up one and it, it, it'll, it'll change your life. I promise you that. But John Maxwell has this principle. It's called the rule of five. Everybody say rule of five. Rule of five. And it goes like this. Um, this is my hatchet. This is, I named her Molly. Some of you get it? Okay, Molly, hatchet. It's a band from the 70s, guys. Okay. Wah, wah, wah. Anyway, um, um, so, so, so the, the idea of the rule of five is this. And if you had an axe and you had a tree in your backyard and you wanted to cut down that tree, if you picked up your axe and you just took it and, and, and you, you, you hit the tree five times, one, two, three, four, Five. If you just did that today, and then you went out tomorrow, and you took up your hatch, your axe, and you hit it one, two, three, four, five. And then you went out on the third day, and you just hit it one, two, three, four, five. What is eventually going to happen? The tree's going to fall over, right? You don't have to work real hard at it. You just got to go out, and you could do this in less than 30 seconds every day. You could go out to the back to your tree and hit it with an axe five times. And if you did that consistently, that tree would end up falling down. Well, well, the, the, the rule of five is that same principle. If you would just take your axe, hit five times a day, it'll fall down. You'll find success. The, the, so, so here's what I want to talk about is that, that what is the tree in your life? Okay, what is the tree in your life that you want to conquer, that you want to cut down, that you want to accomplish? The dream, the vision, the goal in your life that you want to have happen in your life, it's the rule of five. If you will take every day, take five swipes at it, five swipes, one, two, three, four, five, every day, every day for the rest of your life, every day, take five swipes at it, you will find success. But, but so what is your tree? You, so obviously, you have to have a plan, right? Because Proverbs 17, 24 says this. It says, an intelligent person aims at wise action, but a fool starts off in many directions. So, so basically, you have to have an aim. You have to have a goal. The rule of five starts with you have to have a goal. What is it that you want to accomplish in your life? And if we're going to keep our spirits, our souls, and our bodies detoxed, then we have to have a spiritual plan. We have to have a plan to make that happen. Okay, so, so the idea is that, so, but because the opposite of that is, but a fool starts off in many directions. And let's be honest, that's where most people live, right? That's where most people live is they just kind of, life just kind of happens, right? It just kind of, they just kind of go through life and say, la vie, whatever happens, happens, you know? I really don't have control of this whole thing. I'm just on this big old ball, just spinning around and one day I'm going to die, right? I mean, that's just kind of the reality of, of where most people live. I've heard, I've heard it stated that 87% of people that go to church, Christians, Christ followers, do not ha- have a purpose for their life. They don't know what their purpose on life is. They don't have a name. They don't have a goal, right? They don't have a purpose. It, and, and the Bible says that without vision, without a purpose, without a plan, people do what? It says that they perish. It says they die, right? So I want to help you to be physically, be, be spiritually um, uh, it be, be, have our spirit, our soul, and our body detoxed and healthy. So, so the idea of the rule of five is this. is Number one is you've got to be intentional. 
You've got to be intentional. That's the first rule. Uh, Zig Ziglar, he's another big leadership guy. He says, if you aim at nothing, you'll hit it every time. Right? Some of you are shooting 100%. Let's be honest, man. You, you, yeah. Somebody just went, yes, that's me. But, but you got to be intentional. You have to be intentional. What is it that you want to accomplish? What is it that God has called you to do? Why are you here on this earth other than just suck up air? Why are you here? What is it that you were designed to do? What do you want to do? What are the dreams? What are the visions? And then be intentional about aiming at those visions. And the second thing you need to do is you've got to be practical. You've got to be practical. You know, what is it? By February, as 90% of all uh, New Year's resolutions are gone. Nobody's doing them anymore. Because they weren't practical, right? I'm going to lose weight, so I'm going to work out three hours a day. No, you're not. You're just not. It's not going to happen, right? Who's got that kind of time anyway? Number one. Number two, it's just not a reality. Keep it simple. Keep it practical. You know what? I'm going to work out 15 minutes a day. I'm going to do push-ups, push-ups while commercials are on. I'm going to do sit-ups while commercials are on. I'm just going to do something practical, something that's actually doable that I know that I'm going to do that's practical, that's easy, that's simple, right? It's the KISS method, right? Um, keep it simple, stupid, right? Or saint. We're in church now. We should say saint. Keep it simple, saint. So we be intentional, be practical, and then we've got to be consistent. Be consistent. Again, something you can do every day. You take the axe, you hit the tree, five cuts every day. Every day. What can you do every single day? Well, you know, I'm going to be a spiritual giant, so I'm going to read my Bible three hours a day. No, but you can read your Bible five minutes a day. Give me five minutes a day. Every single day. You know, the the statistics are that one out of every four Christians reads their Bible less than four times a year. Or no, I'm sorry, every Christian reads their Bible less. Most Christians read their Bibles less than four times a year. Four times a year. So let's be consistent with this thing, okay? Be consistent. Is, is, Is what is it that you can do every single day? What is the swipe that you can do every single day? Be consistent. And the next, the last thing is the rule of five is this, is you've got to expect results. You've got to expect results. You've got to expect that these things that you're working toward are going to happen. You've got to expect that you are going to grow in your spirit, you're going to grow in your soul, and your body is going to grow, or maybe not grow in my case, but you know what I mean. You've got to, you've got to be very, very, um, have, have ex- expectations, expect great results. You've got to get past the point in your life, listen, where you're putting out fires. You've got to get past the point where you're putting out fires. It's, we're, not, we're not firefighters, right? I know one firefighter. He might be here today, but, but most of us aren't firefighters. We, we've got to get past the point. We've got to expect results. So, so what does that mean for us? What does that mean for day 22 and beyond? Because we're, we're, we're coming off the 21 days fast, and we've had some great experiences with God. We've had some great breakthroughs in our relationships. We've, had, we've seen some very cool things happen in the life of Legacy Church. But, but what do we do for the next from 22 and beyond? Because we can't live here, right? We just can't. So, so how, do we, how do we see the results? How do, what do we do for the next 20, from 22 days and beyond? Well, here's the first thing we got to do. Because Matthew 6, says this. It says, seek first. Everybody say first. His kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be given to you as well. So the first thing, you got to seek God first. Seek God first. That's the starting point for all of us as Christ followers. Right, I don't use the word Christian much around here because 87% of the world calls themselves Christians. America does. I call, yourself, I call us Christ followers because those are actually following and doing the words of God. Come on. Right, so, so what do Christ followers need to do? As Christ followers, you've got to seek his kingdom and his righteousness. And then all these things will be added to us. Not first. See, we're trying to get the blessing and we're not spending time with the blesser. Right, we've got to seek him first. We've got to seek him first. And we've got to do this 
first every day. Everybody say it. Every day. Every day. Every day. So the first thing you got to do is every day acknowledge and thank God. Every day. Every day acknowledge and thank God. This is pretty simple, right? You wake up in bed anymore. Lord, thank you for this day. Thank you for another day. That's, look, I just acknowledged God. How long did that take? Five seconds? Do this every single day. Psalms 145 says, I will exalt you, my God, the King. I will praise your name forever and ever. Here it is. What's that word? And nobody here? Every day. Every day. I will praise you and extol your name forever and ever. Great is the Lord and most worthy of praise. I will praise your name every day. Forever and ever, every day, I'm going to praise your name. Every day, I'm going to wake up. God, this is good. It's a great day. God, this is the day that you have made. I will rejoice and be mad in it or be mad in it. Some of us, that might have been Freudian. I'm just saying. I will rejoice and be mad in it. That's right. Sometimes you got to fake it till you make it, right? I will rejoice and be glad in it, right? I know, I know there's opposition. There's things not going my way. I know, I know the things that are in front of me. I have no idea how this is going to turn out. But you know what, God? You do. You have a plan and a purpose for my life. And I'm going to stand here and I'm going to thank you anyway. I'm going to praise you in this storm. I'm going to praise you when it's calm. I thank you that I have life on this earth. I thank you that you've given me the family. You know, when people call me and talk to me, hey, how you doing? That's the first thing I do on the phone. Hey, buddy, how you doing? Living the dream. And they look, what do you mean living the dream? You say that all the time because I am. Sometimes it looks like a nightmare, but I promise you I'm living a dream. I'm living a dream. I got a great family. I got, I got a great house. I, God has blessed me. He's blessed us. He's blessed us with a great church. I, I, I'm able to do what God has called me to do on a, I mean, as a, as a job, as a, as a career, whatever you want to call it. I mean, it's a, I'm living the dream. Yeah, there's obstacles and there's bumps and there's days where it doesn't look like, but I'm living the dream. And I can thank God for that no matter what happens because I could just, man, this is good, God. This is so good. This is great. You are good. It reminds me of the, the story I heard of this African king. He had a friend and his, his friend was, was always with him. And every time the friend, it rained, he said, man, this is good. This is good. And it'd be dry. He said, oh, this is good. This is good. And one day they were out hunting and, and uh, the friend loaded the king's gun. And he did, something happened when he went to go shoot, boom, it, it backfired and it blew the king's thumb off. And he looked at the king and said, oh, this is good, this is good. And the king goes, this is not good, and threw him in jail. So a year later, the king was out, the guy's still in jail, the king was out hunting and, and he, got, he, he went into a dangerous area and he got, he got captured by cannibals. How awesome would that be? Captured by cannibals. And so they tie him up and they get ready to put him in the pot to boil him and, and getting ready to eat him. And they look down, they see that he's missing his thumb. So what they do, they, and they, because they, they're very superstitious, they don't believe in, in not eating things that are perfect. So because he didn't have his thumb, they let him go. So he remembers, so he went and told his friend, he said, you're not going to believe this. He, said, he let him out of jail. He said, you're not going to believe this, man. He said, this is, this is uh, they let me go, told him the whole story. And he let him out of jail. He said, I'm sorry I put you in jail. He said, no, 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 this is good. This is good. He said, what do you mean? He said, because if I would have been, if you wouldn't have put me in jail, I'd have been with you. (laughs) (laughs) So you've got to have the attitude of this is good. This is good. God, this is good. I don't know why I'm in this traffic jam. I don't know why this is happening. Maybe it's your tree protecting me from the accident down the road. Maybe I would have been involved in it. I have no idea. But, but God, I know that this is good. I know that I'm going to trust you. I know that you've got the whole world in your hands. And I'm going to trust you, right? It's got to be an attitude. 
an attitude. You don't have, Lord, I thank you for the air I'm breathing right now. God, I thank you that I got food in my pantry. I, we, I thank you I got food in my refrigerator. I think I've, I've got more than enough. I think I got clothes on my back. That You can be thankful for something. Well, my car's a mess. Well, at least you have one. You're not riding your bike. It's okay. It's good. This is good. This is good. It's got to be an attitude. Listen, you don't have to have it all, but you have to believe that you do. Come on, somebody. Right? And in Jesus, we do. We have a hope and a future. Come on. For us to prosper. So we acknowledge and thank God every day. Number two is we talk to God every day. Talk to God every day. Every day. Does anybody have, hey, Caden, hand me that chair right there. You got your foot on. Thanks, brother. Give it up for Caden. Any good looking? Takes after his daddy. He's so good looking. But anyway. You've got to talk to God every single day. Listen, there, there was a, a local pastor. He'd just taken over, and this, this, one of the people in his church called and said, hey, my, dad, my dad's really sick, and you know, it'd be nice if you could come visit with him, and, and he, just, he just needs somebody to talk to. And so he walks into the room. The pastor walks into the room, and, and he, sees the, he sees the bed there, and he sees a chair laying standing beside the bed. So he's like, oh, you must have been expecting me. I, I saw the chair. And so he, he said, no, 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 no. Let me, let me tell you about the chair. Close the door. Close the door. So he goes over and closes the door. He says, see this chair right here? Years ago, I, I just had a problem praying. And I, I couldn't, I just, I, I just had a problem. There was a disconnect. I didn't know what I was supposed to do, how I was supposed to pray or whatever. So a friend of mine said, hey, um, you know what? Well, just put a chair beside your bed or in your room, wherever you are, and just pretend like you're talking to God. He goes, so I don't want my, my daughter, I keep this hidden from her because I don't want her to think I'm insane and that, you know, I'm going crazy and talking to imaginary people. So I kind of keep this on the down low, but I'm going to tell you. So, so that's what I do every day is I, I have this chair and it's to remind me how I should talk to God. And I just sit here in my bed and me and God, I just picture Jesus being there in that chair and I just talk to him. I just have a conversation. And he's like, that's really, really cool. So the pastor, you know, they had the Finster conversation and he leaves and a couple days later, the the, the daughter calls and said, hey, pastor, just want to let you know, um, dad went to be with Jesus today. He's in heaven. He, he passed away. And, and so um, he said, he did, did he die peacefully? He said, she goes, you know what? It was the strangest thing. When, when, when we walked in his room, we saw him there and he was, he was on his bed and he, he, he had died laying on his chair like this. See, he was embracing his father. Listen, I want you to know, talking to God, you don't have to, you don't have to talk to God like he's some English king. You know, we use the old English, thou father, how are you today? Like, you don't do that. Like, my wife, when she prays, it's the most sincere thing ever. She says, good morning, Jesus. Hey, Jesus. I mean, that's how she talks. And sometimes I'm like, you're not even reverent. I mean, you got to talk a little. It's not, hey, Jesus. How can you be that? You know what I mean? But no, but seriously, it is that easy. Hey, Jesus, how you doing today? Hey, Jesus, good morning. Welcome. Hey, thanks for giving me another day. How you doing? Let's talk. Hey, God, I'm really upset about this right now. I need you to help me not kill somebody, okay? I really do. Look, I've got road rage, and I just, please, please, Jesus, just take the wheel for real. You know what I mean? I mean, just talk to God. It's simple. It doesn't have to be this, this big theological exercise where we try to tell God everything that we know, because he knows you're faking it anyway. Right? You don't know that many words. It's okay. You didn't make up words. Like, hey. You know, so, so just, just talk to God like you're talking to a friend. You don't have to, you know, hey, Father, pass this thou potatoes, would you? No, you don't do that. You just, you just be cool. 
Be cool with God. Just talk to him. But you have to do it every single day. Proverbs, or Psalm 68, 19 says, Praise be to the Lord our Savior who daily, listen, what's that say? Daily bears our burdens. We talk to God every day. God, this is what I'm dealing with. God, these, this, I need help right now. I need help in this area. I need you, God, to break through right now. Lord, I don't know what I'm going to do in this situation, but Lord, I just need you. I need you. I need you. I need you to help me. I need to, and, and just have that conversation and just let him know that, that you're just going to lean on him. God, I'm just going to lean on you. That's all I can do. That's all I can do because greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. And Lord, I'm just believing that and claiming that for my life today. And I know that you're going to give me breakthrough, right? Just talk to God. And here's how we do it. Here's how we do it. Number one is you've got to do it at a certain time. Do it at a certain time. Find a specific certain time where you're going to talk to God because it's not going to happen if you don't put, you need to put God on your schedule. Right. When, when I was when I had off when I had an office and we had at another church I worked at and we had staff and all those kind of things. What I would do is I would block out an hour and I would say appointment and I could I would not take 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 any kind of uh, meetings or any other appointments because that was blocked out. That was just the time that I was spending with Jesus. Set the appointment with God. Put it on your calendar. Well, I don't want to have a relationship with God like that. You're not having one anyway because you're not scheduling it. Put it on the calendar. Schedule time for Jesus and watch what happens in your life. Psalms 5.3 says, In the morning, O Lord, you hear my voice. In the morning, I lay my request before you and wait in expectations. So the obvious, uh, start your day with God. Start your day with God. You need his help to get through it. I know I do. And so you, you pick a certain time. Then pick a certain place. Pick a certain place. Maybe it's a closet. Maybe you got to hide from your kids in the bathroom. I know, right? Give me 30 seconds, dudes. Mommy's got to use the bathroom. You know what I'm saying? And you just go in there and tear the wallpapers off the wall talking about Jesus, telling them, tell them about your problem, telling them about what's going on, praising him, thinking him. Find a certain place. And because and, 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 it says very early in the morning, Mark does, while it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the house, and went off to a solitary place where he prayed. So find a certain place. You've got to be very intentional. You've got to find a certain time, a certain place, and find a certain plan. Find a certain plan. Luke 11 says, he said to them, when you pray, say, Father, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Give us each day our daily bread. Forgive us our sins, for we also forgive everyone who sins against us. And lead us not into temptation. You know what? You don't have a plan? Guess what? We have one for you. It's amazing. It's like we planned this or something. Soap. There's, there's these back here at the orange tent. Take one of these. Soap means scripture, observation, application, and prayer. So you take a scripture, you read it, you observe what it says, you apply it to your life, and you pray that you're going to continue to apply that to your life. What does God say? We're going to take you through three weeks. You text, the, you text soap to a number that's here somewhere on this thing, down here. Um, text the word soap to this number, and for three weeks, you're going to get a daily text. And it's going to be a video um, describing that week's verse, and it's going to take you through some questions. And you can do everything with your smartphone. You don't even have to. You, it's 15 minutes is all it takes for three weeks. This will get you in a good habit. Do this. This is a specific plan for you. If you don't have one, you have one now, okay? Um, find a one-year Bible. I don't find a, for me, the Bible app works really well for me. I love clicking on the Bible app and having different things that I can, I can, I can, I, I can go on to help me in my prayer time, all right? And the third thing you got to do is read and submit to God's word. Say it with me. Every day. Every day. Read and submit. That's such a dirty word in our culture, isn't it? Read and submit to God's word every day. Every day. Read and th- See, here's the thing we've got to do is you're not reading the Bible so you can change God's word, interpret God's word through the lens of your morality 
right? You're, 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 you're reading the Bible so that you can interpret your mora- morality through the lens of God's word, right? So, so often is what we do is we come to God, we come to the Bible, we read it and say, well, I believe this, so I'm interpreting it this way based on what I believe morality should say, especially in this culture we're living in right now. No, 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 no. You need to go to the word of God and let God's word predict and, 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 and frame your morality. Does that make sense? Go to God's word and, and let it let it read you. Read it and submit to God's word. Joshua 1.8 says this. Do not let this book of the law depart from your mouth. Meditate it. Meditate it. Yeah, meditate on it. Day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. See, this is, and here comes a promise. If you do that, here comes the promise. Then, this is kind of like that seek you first stuff that we talked about earlier, isn't it? If you do this, then you will be prosperous and successful. How many want to be prosperous and successful? How many want to be prosperous and successful spiritually with your soul and your body? How many of you want that? Here it is. Here it is. Don't let this book, don't let this book depart from your mouth. Or, or, de- yeah, don't let the book of law depart from your mouth. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to what? Do everything in it. If you will do that, you will find success. It's simple. It's simple. So come up with the plan. Read it. Psalms 113 says, blessed is the man. Who wants to be blessed? Blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked or stand in the way of sinners or sit in the seat of mockers, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. And on his law, he meditates day and night. He is like a tree planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in season and whose leaf does not wither. And here comes the promise, right? This is the promise. Whatever he does, what? Prospers. Right? So it all has to do with this. It all has to do with submitting to this, getting this in your heart, getting this in your life, getting this in your mouth, getting this in your head, getting this in your spirit, getting this in your soul. The more of this that you get inside of you, the more prosperous your life is going to be. You're spinning around on this earth trying to gain traction and you can't understand why, but you're not turned to God and you're not praying. Well, it's very clear. That's why you're not prospering. You will prosper when you put this in your heart. You will. It's promise. It's a promise. Right? Come on, that's a great place to clap. Thank you. Yeah, you will, you will. So, so get the, the meditate on the word, submit to it. And the fourth thing you got to do is you got to maintain meaningful relationships every day. Every day. If you want to have a good soul, good spirit, healthy soul, healthy spirit, healthy body, then you've got to maintain meaningful relationships every day. Hebrews 3.13 says, but encourage one another daily, as long as it is called today. So that none of you may be hardened by sin's deceitfulness. See, that's the great thing. We're getting ready to start small groups. And you're like, well, small groups only meet once a week. No, 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 no. See, small groups meet once a week. But small groups happen every day. Because small groups are about what? Relationships. Relationships don't happen once a week, right? I don't, I don't, my my kids and I don't dinner. We have dinner, right? I'm a dad right now. As I'm preaching on this stage, I'm still a dad. I haven't stopped being a dad. So when you're, you're part of a small group, it's not, you're not just a small group on Thursday when it meets. You're a small group every single day. 
every day. So get in relationships, encourage people every single day, right? Small groups, they're starting in two weeks, September 11th, that week, that whole week, starting Sunday, they're starting. Get in one, get in relationship with people, find it out. See, you, you have to be in relationship. Otherwise, what happened during these last 20 days is going to come right back because it says that in that last part of Hebrews, it says, because so that none of you may be hardened by this sin's deceitfulness. So if you don't have a relationship with people, if you don't have people that can speak into your life, that can talk to you, that can, that can, that can help you and go on, then you, you, you can fall right back into what just happened over these last 21 days, what just happened over your life. It's like the, the idea, the Velveteen Rabbit. Anybody remember the Velveteen Rabbit? Yeah? Well, the Velvet, you remember Skin Horse? Anybody remember Skin Horse? So, so the idea is that they were having a conversation one day, Velveteen Rabbit and Skin Horse, and, and he was talking about, hey, um, when, when do I, what is real? What is real? How do I become real? I heard you talking about that one day, becoming real. He said, it doesn't mean having things that buzz inside of you and a stick-out handle. And he said, no, real, real isn't how you're made. It's a thing that happens to you. See, when a child loves you for a long, long time, not just to play with, but really loves you, then you become real. And then Rabbit asked, well, well does, does, that, does that hurt? He says, well, sometimes. Sometimes it hurts, but, 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 but when you, you are real, you don't mind being hurt. So Rabbit said, does it happen all at once? Or is it like being wound up? He said, well, it doesn't happen all at once. See, you become. It, it takes a long time. That's why it doesn't often happen to people who break easily or have sharp edges or have to be carefully kept. Generally, by the time you're real, most of your hair has been loved off and your eyes drop and out and you get loose in the joints and very shabby. But these things do not matter at all because once you are real, you can't be ugly except to the people who don't understand. See, that's why we're, a church. we're not a church with small groups. That's why we're a church of small groups. You've got to have people in your life. You have to have people in your life. I cannot stress this enough. Who you can rip the mask off and say, this is who I am, and this is what I'm going through, and this is what I need, James 5. I'm going to confess my sin, but you're going to pray, and guess what's going to happen? We're going to find healing. You've got to have relationship in your life. It's so, so, I cannot underestimate the value and the importance of having relationships, of being involved in a small group, because if you're going to be successful spiritually, you have to have people who you give permission, to keep permission to speak into your life. See, I have three people that can speak into my life. They can tell me whatever they want to tell me. And you know what? And it hurts. And there's sometimes they told me some things. I'm just like, like, oh, it, okay, okay, go ahead. I got it. But you know why they do it? Because they love me. Because they care for me. Because they want the best for me. Because they see, they see potential in my life. And, and I've allowed them to speak into my life and I'm becoming better because of it. I'm a better person today than I was yesterday because of those men in my life that have spoken into my life. You've got to have people that can speak into your life. If you don't have people that can speak into your life, then, then stop it. I'm telling you right now, lower your ego and allow some people in your life that can say, hey, that's stupid, knock it off. Hey, that was awesome, I love you, man. You know what, I love John. John, John, I just up here, man, We're, he's back there at stage. This dude, man, 22, 23 years old, I'll tell you, I can tell that dude anything. You know what he does? He does it. <laughs> and, and, and it's not it, because he knows that I love him. He knows that I care for him and he wants to get better. And he, and I, man, I can just in love, right? But, but I know the dude, you know, we, we have this thing where, where our dream team, I just put it on Facebook, our dream team, our, the people that serve on Sunday mornings, we ask them to park as far away as possible because they want our guests to have the front space. You know where John parked this morning? Go look at his truck. He is almost to the other school. 
He's been doing that for the last two weeks, three weeks. You know why? Because he's believing that it, that is going to be back row very, very soon because he believes in the vision of the church is where this is going. But I asked him, I said, I said, listen, guys, I want you to park as far away as possible so that we can honor our guests. And you know what he did? He took it and he ran with it because he, he's allowing me to speak in his life. You've got to have people that can speak into your life. It's the only way you're going to grow in relationship with God and relationship with man. It's the only way it's going to happen. You've got to lower your pride and you've got to say, hey, come in, talk to me talk to me what I do wrong what am I doing wrong and just and give them permission to do that and once you give them permission don't start making excuses because we do that sometimes too well yeah, but you know what happened was no 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 I don't care what happened was listen what I care is you getting better and here's how you're going to get better get some people in your life uh, today before you leave find somebody say hey will you speak into my life Will you, will you, I give you permission to speak into my life. I give you permission to help make me better. But more importantly, in two weeks, get involved in a small group and find a group of people where you can do that together. Because when you can do that as a group and there's safety in numbers and you can just rip the mask, I'm not talking about being toxic. I'm talking about being real and open and finding healing in the mess. Does that make sense? So, so, th- so there you go. So that's why we're not a church with small groups. That's why a church of small groups. So here we go. So every day, every day, say every day, Acknowledge and thank God. God, thank you. Thank you for this day, right? I did that quickly, right? Every day, every day, acknowledge and thank God. Every day, talk to God. God, I'm here. I need you. I need you to show up. Every day, read and submit to God's word. Look, submit to God's word. This is what it says. I don't like it, but I don't care because I know that God's got the best plan for my life and I'm going to follow. I'm going to submit to it, right? And then every day, maintain meaningful relationships. Meaningful relationships. And then last but not least is every day, surrender your life to God. Every day, I'm going to surrender my life to God. That's why 1 Corinthians, and Paul says this, he said, I die every day. Every day. Every day, God, I'm going to give you my attitude. Every day, God, I'm going to give you my finances. Every day, God, I'm going to give you my life. I'm going to give you my job. I'm going to give you my career. I'm going to give you my family. Every day. Not my will be done, but your will be done on earth as it is in heaven every day, every day. Luke 9, 23, then he said to them, if anyone would come after me, he must deny himself and take up his cross daily. That's the rule of five that we're talking about. Take it up daily and follow me. And he goes on to say, for whoever wants to save their life will lose it. But whoever loses their life for me, for me, for God save it every day. Andrew Murray said this. He said, God is ready to assume full responsibility for the life wholly yielded to him. Let me say that again. God is ready to assume full responsibility for the life wholly yielded to him every day. I'm, I wholly, God, you can do way more with my life than I ever can. I've done a lot to screw it up. I know that. And I think most of you could admit, yeah, we've screwed it up. But man, if I place it in his hand, he's more than capable. He's just waiting. He's just waiting for you to give it to him. He's just waiting for you to say, God, I, 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 I give it all to you. It's yours, not my will be done, but your will be done. I give it to you. I submit to your word. I'm going to pray. I'm going to thank you. God, I give my life to you. I give my life to you. I surrender my life to you every day. Listen, I'm not talking about your life going to be perfect. Your life will never be perfect. You know that. But it will be fulfilled. 
And that's really all anybody wants in this world, isn't it, is have a fulfilled life. You wanna have a fulfilled life, then give it all to God and give it all to God today. Let's pray. Father, we thank you. Thank you for this day, God. I thank you that we can have a relationship with you every day. I thank you that your mercies are new every day. I thank you that I have access to your word every day. I thank you, Lord, that that the heavens are open every day. That there's nothing between you and I every day, God. Lord, help us. Help me. Help me to follow you every day of my life. Lord, give us strength every day. Give us love every day. Give us mercy every day. Give us strength every day. If you're in this room right now and you say, Pastor Buddy, I, I don't know that I've ever, I've ever surrendered my life to God fully. I don't know that I've, I've ever said, God, I can trust you wholly. I give this to you completely. I don't know if you've ever done that, but if you have never said, God, I give this, my life to you. I surrender my life to you wholly, completely, fully. If that's you in this room, would you slip your hand up in there? Nobody's looking around except for me, I promise you. Anybody? I see you. Absolutely. Anybody else? Yeah, I see you. Absolutely. Absolutely. Let's pray. Would you guys, everybody pray after me? And those of you that raise your hand, this is for you. Say, listen, say this in your, in your heart. Say this like you mean it. Say this. There's power of life and death in the tongue. When you speak things, things happen. And I want you to believe in your heart that this is, this is happening. This is real. This is a moment between you and God. So everybody pray with me. Say, dear Jesus, forgive me of my sins. I embrace you today. I surrender my life wholly to you today. I believe that you died for me. I believe that you came out of the grave alive and that you love me today. Help me to surrender to you every day. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, amen.